space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Star Trek Preservations. Pritchard has called you up to his office. The three of you are waiting outside of the office at this point. You can actually hear through the door Pritchard dressing down individuals. His voice is frustrated. He is not particularly calm. While we are a bit understaffed for this other mission because we're still trying to fix the problems that came out of the conference debacle, I need you and your two crew members to get yourselves to the observation station on Reladon 4. It is a communications array and platform that is used by the Talarians. She's got a couple hard cases that she stows with various pieces of, of equipment. There are some logistics folks that also stow into an external compartment some other pieces of equipment. This particular system is a bit contested. There are a number of Talarian colonies here. They, in general, are at peace, but the decision to work with the Federation is not 100% sold in this region. That anomaly that you could see through the window that fires off every so often, it does coincide in certain areas depending on conditions odd interactions with equipment. There is work being done on the station science officials to try to find some form of shielding that will limit that interference. That stellar event is within this general range. It's a little far off, but you're not like right on it, so to speak, but it is out here. It's one of the things that the station was placed specifically to observe. To return, the eagle comes out of warp a little bit away from the station. You see this station. It's a smaller platform. It has various arrays that are set up for communications, receiving information. It's got pretty nice sensor suite uh, as far as non-Federation technology goes. For those who aren't, don't have the Federation's resources, it's an impressive thing, though it would not be considered top of the line by Federation standards but it is definitely something that is useful. Lee, are they expecting us? Yes, they are. 
<coughs> Alright, then I will hail, I'll plug in whatever comms thing they said to who to call when we get here. Okay. A Talarian in work overalls appears on screen, taking off his gloves. Standing next to him is a Ferengi who just has a snarl on his face. It's just not a happy Ferengi in this for whatever reason. It's an interesting juxtaposition because you've got Ferengi at average Ferengi height, who's very small compared to this relatively tall humanoid with some girth to him. And they're standing there, and as he takes off the gloves, he goes, Regalog Station, this is the U.S. Eagle. I'm a Commander Sabian Tabor of Starfleet. I'm here at the request of Prefect Jador to assist you whatever way the Federation can. Jador couldn't be bothered to get our own people to fix things? She's got to go to outsiders? We're closer, and we wanted to lend a hand. Yeah, you deal with them. Well, Ferengi stands there, waits for him to walk away. Normally, Violor affects a human size with just the frills of the Ferengi lobes. Upon seeing the Ferengi on screen, he will morph into a regular uh, Ferengi form. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Dan, what is your preference in protocol? Do you show people that you are Ferengi pretty much all the time? Their standard appearance is human-shaped, sized, but will affect either the Ferengi lobes or if they're in a, a, a mass where everyone is similar will affect that shape so that they blend in. But going full Ferengi is probably something you hadn't seen before. The uh, Ferengi looks up and pull into docking bay two. And you are, sir? I'm the station sub chief. You can call me Griff. It's short for Griftar. If you call me Griftar, I charge you full price. Well then, Griff, I would hate for you to charge us anything. I will see you at docking bay number two. Notice I said full price. I'll meet you at the docking bay. Take us in. Is that family name familiar? The family name's not familiar to you, so they're probably not pretty high up. If they're this far away from Ferengar and stuck on a communications array... While there is probably money in communications, it certainly isn't on the rig that just sends the data. Right? off. So there's something going on here, and that's probably responsible for his attitude, but who knows? As the show pulls in, you'll see that they have two shuttles. One of them is completely in disarray. It, the cells are actually not completely hooked up at this point. There's all kinds of pieces, parts that are all over the place. It's just a shambles. The other one is a small, old school, like two-person shuttle. And it's it looks rough. It's dingy. It's singed. This is a roughneck rig. It's probably the best way to describe it in space. It's a roughneck rig in space. Now, roll up in our, like, 2023 Escalade. Yeah. You're, you've got spinners. You've got all the bells and whistles. You're in this beautiful thing, and their stuff is tore up straight or up. It's the hoopty of space shuttles is what they're working with right now. As you pull in, the uh, the shielding 
comes back, you're in a sealed environment, you land nicely, no problems, and you see the doors open up and you see this Ferengi walk in. He has a bit of a limp. He actually has a cane. He's walking with a cane. And he and when he gets he walks up to the shuttle and it's up to you guys to do what you do next. I kind of head nod to Velalor, kind of take the lead. I will nod back and approach Griff and uh, greet him. Greetings, Griff. I am Vi Lalor, Starfleet Petty Officer. Pleasure to be assisting today. Another one? Once one Ferengi decides I'm going to join Starfleet, now there's a whole bunch of you joining Starfleet? Do you realize they don't even give you golden watches when you leave? It has been noted. Noted? Noted is for people who are going to take action. Clearly, you don't take action because you noted it and you stayed in it. My, this hole's deep. Should have bought a shovel earlier or a ladder. By the way, I can get you a ladder. I'll smile at him and grow. He backs up. I am a child of Ferengar, raised and bred. He looks at Tabor. What is this? This is my chief of security. Now, why don't you take me to the prefect and we can be about our way? The prefect's off station. I see. Well, then, my technician should probably get to work seeing how we can be of most assistance to the prefect. I want to see behind that statement. Because if I remember correctly, the prefect is the one who greeted us, or was that someone else? The prefect is the person who's in charge of the planet, almost like a governor. The person who greeted you is the station chief. Oh, I'm sorry. When is the prefect expected to return? There is much business to conclude. The prefect tours the stations in the system probably once a year. I don't expect her to be here for a while. Now, Lee, we're in transporter range of the planet. No, you're outside of transporter range of the planet. So essentially, I'm going to tell the NPCs, the comms, the Cation, and the engineer to get settled in, start interfacing with the locals and do the start diagnosing and troubleshooting what is wrong with the communications right he hands your staff a pad and he hands you a pad and he indicates on the pad this is how you bring up the maps uh, of the station the problem is on sub-level three your team can go there and uh, try to get things figured out uh, i will be in the command center to relay any information that might be necessary. Would the rest of you like to accompany me to the command center? I look at the commander. No, we will be heading down to the planet to talk with the prefect. I just want my people to get a start on solving this problem and restoring communications to this portion of the sector. Sounds good. Lieutenant Jeral, you're in charge. Aye, sir. 
and uh, he takes the engineer and they follow the directions on the pad and head to start working on on the problem enjoy your trip i'll take good care of your people and i'll charge them the going rate so i slightly gesture to our replicator station oh to him i'm like while you're here care for anything and i just smile back at him does that thing do a dark roast rectachino with the nobulin mango juice Computer, one dark roast Roctogino with Denobulin mango juice. Computer, recycle. So you're gonna take good care of my people? Oh, if you can get me 20 of these, consider it paid in full. Very good. Computer, previous order times 20 to go he is in his glory he is very smiley he's got an armful of uh rectachinos and he's toddling off towards the command center good luck it is a pleasure doing business craftar yeah any any heads off i emphasize the tar so once you're in orbit you can certainly beam down there's a central square we'll call ahead we'll have planetary whatnot give us a parking orbit let the prefect know we're here when does she want to meet all the diplomatic niceties yeah she's happy to meet with you she says i have an opening in my schedule within a few within an hour see you then prefect you get to the planet you beam down the planet's like i said it's fairly industrial but it's not the unlike the station which looks very roughneck this particular part of the settlement is not like that this is more governmental right go- governmental there are offices there are some interesting there is a small military post which is very clear there's a Talarian military there they clearly do patrols you actually see a Talarian military vehicle at a certain point but what you notice is the governmental structures here are not as well appointed as the union management structures like the union has a night a much nicer office it has a lot of accoutrement they have their own security which is outside of the doors that type of thing i note it i'm like yeah, that's very common of post pre-scarcity civilizations and when you get to the actual government building it's got a set of stairs it has some nice marble pillars or marble-like pillars, and inside, it there's a reception desk, a pretty large lobby, and then there's a turbo lift to another level where you would basically be waiting for the prefect. Perfect. Yeah, I check in with the receptionist. I put on all the Starfleet charm here to see the governor. The prefect, she should be expecting us. Prefect Jador is, of course, expecting you, and please right this way and the person at the reception desk they stand up they walk you over to the turbo lift and they go up the turbo lift with all of you and you are waiting in a kind of waiting room outside of a set of office doors and then they return down the turbo lift so you're waiting there it's a few minutes more some folks walk out of the office they have union badges one of them is smiling, 
pleasure doing business with you, Prefect. And they exit and they go, they look at the three of you. And uh, what is the Federation doing here? Just here to help however we can. I just give them that Starfleet winning smile. The one who did not ask the question says, probably taking our union jobs, no less. And then they get in the turbo less than they head down. And then you hear, please come in. I enter the room and smile warmly at the, whom I presume matches the video, the dossier images of the prefect. Yes. The prefect has blonde hair. She is, she's probably about five, five, eight, five, nine. So she's neither tall nor short, pretty average for a Talarian female. She's dressed in similar style to the people who left, like a, a sci-fied up business suit type thing. They have all the types of things you saw in the Talarian episode, but these are civilians. So they are, they dress a little differently than the military types would, but very common with Talarians. They have that, that piping on the shoulders, which is very common for the, for their attire. She sits down. She says, well, I expected you to be able to help us at the relay station i did not anticipate a formal visit i apologize that we weren't prepared for something more for you oh no trouble at all commandant pritchard wanted me to come and liaise with you we are very interested in maintaining good relations with our talarian neighbors and so he thought it would be most advantageous for us to get the opportunity to introduce and make introductions to each other. I've already dropped my communications and engineering staff off up at the relay station, so they're getting a jump on diagnosing the process. But until they have some idea of what's going on, there's very little that the re- me and my officers here, and oh, my apologies. This is Lieutenant St. Cuthbert, and this is Chief Warrant Officer Viola Lor, my chief of security. Slightly inclined my head. In the common parlance of the Federation, pleasure to meet you. And uh, what are your functions, officers? Chief of Security. Oh. And you, sir? Security protocols, ma'am. Two security protocol experts. It sounds like Commodore Pritchard is expecting trouble from... Those of us here at Ritalon 4. Oh, not at all, Prefect. They just won't let Starfleet uh, command commanding officer out of out of the house without adequate protection. The knowledge and command codes that I carry within me could be quite valuable to the most unscrupulous individuals. So it is standard protocol that any officer of a certain rank travels with a security detail. Oh. So if you were to say take shore leave on Risa you would also have your security detail? Or is this something that applies mainly to the quote-unquote Federation frontier, or as we like to call it, home? It varies from situation to situation, but you're indeed quite correct. We are outside of Federation territory, and therefore our protocols are enhanced, shall we say. As I'm sure you would not travel to Astalin Station without adequate security prefect. Nothing more, nothing less. I would hope it wouldn't be necessary should I ever get such an invitation. 
absolutely would not be necessary, but I'm sure, I doubt your government would let you travel without security anyway. Fair. So, how can I help you today? I, I appreciate you've brought people to start working on the problem. We have to get that relay working as soon as possible. But what could we possibly do to help? Oh, I... This was more just a initial social greeting and also a opportunity for you and I to meet and speak and see if there's any less than official ways that we can offer assistance. I've been studying up a little bit on the dynamics in your government and the various divisions that are involved, but my, I must say that our take on Talarian society is less than complete. And so I would love to get as much background information as I could so that we could have a more fruitful diplomatic relations with your people, as well as provide you any kind of assistance that may be difficult to formally request of your neighbors. We Talarians pride ourselves on our traditions. Of course. There are ways in which we do so many things, but we are trying to move into the future, and a step into the future is not without challenges. Of course, I understand. That a fairly recent addition to the Federation and a people that have a long-standing cultural history. Change is always difficult, but I've found in my time here in this existence that whenever change happens, the truly best parts of any culture and any civilization survive. And it's the less than desirable bits that to of course, that's not true, but for the most part, it's more often than not, it seems to be the case that the best of any people add to the whole. I'll tell you what, Commander, we are just a few weeks away from our annual festival. It's based on the cycles of Taylor Prime, but essentially all of the calling worlds follow the tradition. There's a series of contests of a physical nature, and we here at Redalon 4 would welcome the participation of Starfleet in our traditional games. I will make sure we send you files on the on the games and the different events that will take place and if you would like to send a delegation or party to participate in one or several of those games you would be welcome oh that sounds fantastic i am sure commandant pressure would be ecstatically thrilled to receive an invitation to send a delegation i will pass that along to him my knowledge of your Pritchard is one that says he's fairly competitive, which will match well with our people. Quite, but all in good fun. Certainly. At this point in time, you get a beep on your combat. Go for Tobor. Commander, 
We've got a situation taking place on the on the station. They've sent word that there's been an accident and there are people that have been hurt and they're going to need assistance. Oh, goodness. Very well. All right, Tabor out. And I stand down a prefect. As you just heard, there's been an accident on the station. I'm going to, my. I believe my vessel is equipped with rudimentary but sophisticated medical station. So I'm going to head out there if you do not mind. And then we can check back in later. Keep me posted. And she hands you a, a data card. And she says, this is my direct communications link. Very good. Thank you, Prefect. And toboard the Eagle, three to beam up. Monster out of earshot of the Prefect. Well, we materialize on the transporter pad. Perhaps we should have brought Nessie. <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda. All right, Ensign, take us out to the, back to the comms station. Maximum safe speed. I'll have you there before the sentence. Over. The Picard maneuver. (laughs) (laughs) If you're traveling at warp and you can physically see a thing, you're going to get there fairly quick. (laughs) I'm just just impulse, but like (laughs) nothing that crazy. Ah, no, you said what you said. She she got you there. She's really good. There wasn't a whole lot of problem with that. When you come out of warp, you're hailed. Captain, they're hailing us. Very good. I'm going to sit down in the, the secondary chair, and I'm going to run uh, the, the high-resolution sensors on this comms array. I'm going to run a scan. Okay. I'm looking for what damage was done and just getting an external sensor sweep of the picture to then be able to match the schematics we've been given. What type of accident? Was it energy in nature? Was it physical? At this point, I'm going to do... I am going to do a two-threat spend to add a complication. Now remember, if you're bringing in reinforcements or doing something, yeah. they look more. Yeah, it's got instinct was just yeah. getting ready to say that. No, it's not a reinforcement issue. It's a scene complication. Those flares that are going off are creating some of that subspace distortion, which is making things a little bit more challenging as far as your sensors are going. They are working, but it is a little bit more difficult. Based on what you said, I'm thinking that's going to be a reason science role. All right. I do have subspace theory as a focus. Okay, that will, the conference. Def- that will definitely work. And Chad, would you be kind enough to do the roll for the ship? Is that one or two D20? It's going to be one D20 for the ship. And as far as the ship is concerned, you would be running a sensors science. Sensor science is 11 or lower for the Eagle. Difficulty two or three. Three is the difficulty. Did you want to spend? No, I'm not. So I got a two and an 18. So with my focus, that counts as two successes. Okay. Chad, if you'd roll for the ship. Nine. That would be a success. So you've got your three. What has happened is there seems 
there's there has been a re a, a reactor coolant leak which has gassed several levels of the station your engineer has been successful in getting it contained however as far as sealing sealing the impacted areas however they are trapped while safe at the moment in an area that is not getting this coolant discharge they are trapped and cannot exit this th this area additionally there are people that are within the, the there are uh, there are station station personnel which are in the affected areas this particular coolant is not something that would kill one instantly but it would have long-term effects if they are exposed to it too long and beyond a certain point it could even cause death is there something that would be stopping a transporter from accessing them and can we set up a secure containment area to prevent any sort of like radiation leakage if that might be a threat so the same the same subspace deter dis disturbances that are wreaking havoc with the sensors and making things more challenging are also preventing transportation within the station at this point lee real quick the yep. high resolution sensor talent that the eagle has Yep. is whenever the vessel is not in combat and succeeds at a task, it generates a bonus momentum. Oh, excellent. And the nice thing about that is it's not one of those ones that must be spent immediately on something. Yeah. It's just, here you go. You got it. So is the, so then my kind of, my next question, is the subspace anomaly flare complication, is there a way, is there essentially could I do a, an advantage to counter it and remove it from the scene uh, to try and compensate for this subspace anomaly and get be able to get us back for functioning transporters? So yes, but that would take that would take some activity in order to do it. Do so there you would have to come up with a way to do it and then whatever mechanical or technological machinery would be necessary to do that so like two stages not i don't know if that would qualify necessarily as an extended task but it's more like two separate things one you'd have to come up with a theory to combat it and then two you'd have to then put together the equipment to to resolve it in that so, situation yeah you can go one of two ways you can do what are known as gated tasks you have to succeed at the first one to get to the second one. Extended task mostly comes into when time is of the fact of a factor. And okay. You're essentially, fighting against time. You use the same fight mechanic as you do and such. So it can go either way. I will go with the gated challenge in this particular case, though I think. In my head, I think the extended task works better, given the parameters, but I have yet to do one, so I want to learn a little bit more about extended tasks and get a little bit more comfortable with that mechanic before I, I run that specifically. I've actually got some tools that I've been looking at, and I have a reading list of things that I want to do before I start running my, my first couple extended tasks, though I think that, in the end, is probably going to be the best way to handle this type of challenge, but I'll go with the gated one for the in, in this particular case. Real quick, where the crew members are stranded, how accessible physically is that area? Is there like an external docking ring near there or to that bay itself? And the coolant, you said it's hazardous, dangerous, but not immediately so. How much so would it be to a changeling's physique? That's something you would have to figure out. There's enough knowledge about changeling physiology 
to work that out provided you have the right skills, talents, and techniques to get that information. So that's another thing that you can consider and try to take care of as far as getting to the people. Without getting too in-character meta here, my thought was if we can get close enough to the station, I can use my metamorphic mastery to take the form of a species that might be resistant to this poisonous substance so that I can go in and rescue these trapped crew members. Like you like morph into a benzite that like breathes that methane. That's yeah. I was trying to think of a species name and my brain was failing. All I kept thinking of was the breen. <laughs> All right. So definitely a good a good theory. You might have to do some work when as far as figuring out what's the best species to use for this. Why I was asking if there was an external hatch that we could dock with close by. Not to that section. That particular section is near the core of the station. That's where all the inner parts would be. Interestingly enough, since you mentioned that, I think you... So you... The leak and where they're telling you the people are, where the coolant is, where the people are trapped, and where your staff is near the core of the vessel or of the station. That is not the area they should be at to have been doing the jobs they were doing. They should have been in a different area where the communications arrays would have been controlled from and such. So I is kind there of anything that could be near there, like supplies or parts that they might have been retrieving? Or is there just no reason why they should have been in that part of the ship, of the space station? That probably sounds like something you're going to have to research and figure out. So the question I asked the group is, what are your theories? How would you like to research that? Who's going to take the lead on figuring that piece out? Well, since it's since transporters aren't going to be able to work and we're going to have to dock, essentially, I think we're going to just do this. We're going to do this by foot. I want to. I want the team to gear up in and not EVA suits, but if we there's some, some sort of protective clo- equipment, clothing. If we have to do full EVA suits, so be it. But if we've got lesser, bulkier, protective gear, we'll use that. And then I want everyone on our ship keep the ensign at the at the helm of the ship. But the three of us, we're going in with medical gear and armed because I don't believe this is an accident. There's too much anti-Federation Union BS going on here. So we're not going to get taken unawares, but we are going to go deal with this problem. Okay. It's only paranoia if they're not out to get you. So when it comes to researching what is there and what could be near there, that's probably not something that's that could be what security reason or security insight the first thing is determining the actual nature of the chemical that's in place so that would be scanning and trying to get that information the second thing would then be to find a species that can adapt alongside that second thing is what type of protective equipment would be useful against this particular compound. 
So those are kind of those are the three things that are in place at the moment as far as what you would want to do. Commander Tabor, how would you like to divide that labor, so to speak? Yeah, so backing up just a half step, because we did I did do the scan. This is what I was doing the scan for. Can I spend semi-retroactively spend two momentum to have our high-resolution scanning system determine what the chemical is? That was step one. Yeah, so step one, the chemical that you're talking about is a standard coolant fluid for for an antimatter dilithium reactor. What's unique about this is in addition to that radioactive compound, there is some form of hardened neurocene gas that is being activated through this system. So there's actually neurocene gas that is in these sections of the station. In addition to all the challenges with neurocene gas, it is the fact that it is effectively mixed with the radioactive components and compounds of of this coolant, this of this coolant leak which is becoming gaseous almost immediately. So it is basically aerosolizing and irradiating the neurocene gas, which means if it were one or the other, that hardened clothing that you were thinking about probably would have worked. The EVA suit definitely would have worked, but you would need some form of shielded EVA suit that the EVA suits you have accessible to you would not be sufficient to handle. You're going to have to find a way to neutralize one or the other of the two components in order for the EVA suits to be useful in this situation. And similarly, while there are any number of species that may be immune to the neurocene gas, those same species would have great difficulty with the irradiation issue. Those that would have some form of resistance to the irradiation issue are, of course, vulnerable to the neurocene gas. So they have a particularly nasty combination of events. And to the point you made earlier, by definition, absolutely cannot be an accident. Nobody puts neurocene gas in any usable fashion near this type of stuff. This was an attack. If joining the Tabletop Journey's actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journey's podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. Absolutely, take the f- resist one, and if we have a radiation suit available, use that to resist the other effect, making me the best option for this rescue. All right, Chief, make it. T- I'm gonna. So, with that being said, I'm going probably the quote unquote easiest to neutralize scientifically is going to be the nursing gas. So, I'm gonna essentially research common federation neutralizing agents blah 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 run some simulations on how i can at least neutralize the neurocene with my scientific background put it all together it's not medicine but 
I'm going to focus on the like the chemical compound as opposed to the biology of humanoids to absorb and process neurazine. Who's going to roll first? Let me roll for the science so that we can get try and get a speed on how to neutralize what's going on here. Okay. Given what you said, I definitely would go with a with a reason science roll. Okay. And what's my difficulty? I would say two. All right. And the can the ship's computer science help me? Absolutely. All right. And we are at three momentum, I believe. There's four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I'll spend one to roll a third dice. Okay. And reason science is I need a 14 or less. Ooh, nice. But no focus because I've got a 2, an 11, and a 14. Okay. So three successes plus the ship, which would be computer science and nine or better. Here, I got that one. Or nine or less. Maybe someone else should get that one. I got an 18. <laughs> oh, we still, still succeed. Still succeed. <laughs> still pick up one momentum. So you are static at four momentum. No, because we just no, succeeded. Just, it was three. You did. So you ended up with three. Correct. No. Oh, wait. Did you say two or three? I'm sorry. I thought you said I two. Said, right? I said two. So yeah, you, okay. and you got three yes, successes. One. So I was Which, right. It goes back to four. Which Correct. Perfect. Spent one, got one is the short version of that. Spent one, got one. Yes. All right. You are successful in determining that there is a way to neutralize the neurocene. Basically, you would have to superheat the area slowly. If it gets too hot too fast, it could cause explosions in contained areas, which obviously would not help anybody. But if you heat it up to a high temperature, somewhere right around the maximum temperature that the people there could survive. Uh, you c- And if you do that slowly enough, you can neutralize the neurozine that's, that's there and then bringing the temperature back down again slowly. Any volatile change in temperature could create explosions. I should have brought the Nessie. The other option would be to solve the... Dis- the- the subspace disturbance issue, which would be to adjust shields in such a fashion that it basically focuses blocks of the disturbance. Once that is done, you could simply transport them out, and once they are out, you could then vent this. The, the you could then just vent the atmosphere in the affected sections. Yeah, I think that's the since the. The neurozine, it's gonna take it's gonna take too long to neutralize it, I imagine, is my conclusion. It's iffy. Yeah. Essentially, if you do it fast enough so that they have no long term medical issues, we're talking uh, about we're talking about a and not blow them up to thread that needle. We're talking about something that could be in the three to four difficulty range. If you are talking about solving the shield problem, depending on what your approach is, that could be in the two to three range. So you have a better shot of doing one than the other. It really depends on who you have and what you have available. The benefit of the shield method is it would be faster. Basically, you get the shields up, you beam them out. 
The other way you have to do, you have to go through the process of getting rid of the neurozine. Then you have to then put on EVA suits. You then have to get them out of there without venting that into other extra areas of the ship. Then you have to get them to sick bay, and then you have to hope that you can solve them. And their med deck is rudimentary at best. Okay. I turn to uh, Lieutenant Russell, and I ask for his input. Should we go with the shield extension or try to chemically neutralize the nesticine? Longer, shorter, riskier. I repeat essentially what Lee Wanika said. Can I make an engineering check and survival check? Towards what end? To know what the better decision would be? I have no idea. Chad has no idea. Uh, I yes, you absolutely can. If you're basically trying to like draw a memory and basically take all the inputs and try to coalesce them into a, a lean one direction or the other, because you have two options, I would be okay with that. That would be a, I would say, insight survival in this case, because you're basically trying to figure out what you think is the safest risk. So I will go with that. Insight engineering with a survival focus. Correct. And your challenge difficulty on this, because it's a bit unorthodox, will be a three as well. But you do have your focus, so you have got a better than average shot of hitting the, the numbers in that case. All right. So is that one or 2d20? It's 2d20, unless you wish to use momentum to buy an additional die. Or buy no, an additional I'll just, die. I'll just use two. Hey, Chad? Yes. I'm, you have not told me what your role is, so I'm going to hold you there. You got to think about it. If it takes three successes and you're rolling two die, unless you crit, you cannot succeed. It is really appropriate to buy dice in this situation. At least one, probably two, and you do have the momentum to buy two. And can I? Can we have Vela Lore assist? Absolutely. Essentially, there putting together their expertise and training and whatnot to advise me. Absolutely. So this was insight. You would use whatever you want to use to help him. He's doing an insight survival. You might have other things that you would utilize to bring your thought process to the table. But from a momentum spend standpoint, Chad, to buy two dice is a total of three momentum. There's four total momentum in the pool. So if you wish to buy two additional dice, you just let me know and I would subtract the appropriate momentum. Okay. Or we can add threat. Yes. And at the end of the day, you can always add threat. There's no need to add threat at this point because you have the momentum. My thought is typically... Save the adding of threat unless you have no momentum. Do both of you have untapped potential? Uh, um, yes. I do. Spell. So just bringing that there, if you spend... That, that kicks in. I don't... That would depend on if he's got the young path as well. Do you have that talent, Chad? I, I do not. Okay. All right. Yeah, but since you're assisting, that wouldn't factor in. So he's rolling two, he, and we have an, one die of assist from Vela Lore, so probably just needs to buy one die to roll for the scenario, Chad, is what I'm thinking. 
That's okay by me. I'm not familiar with how these mechanics work. So when you're buying momentum or when you're buying dice, the first die you buy costs one momentum. The second die you buy costs two momentum, so on and so forth. So, so we're trying to figure out which it would be easier to neutralize. The, the poison gas or the radiation. No, uh, we moved on to that. Now we're like, do we neutralize the gas or do we mess around with shields to get transporters working? Yeah. It's focus on the gas or focus yeah. on getting transporters operational to work the, the system to solve the issue. Well, but that's easy. Get rid of the gas because radiation is not going to go anywhere. Fix the transporters or neutralize the gas. Correct. Oh, de- definitely want to go in there physically. Boot on the ground because we can rescue the people and get to the heart of what just happened. So it sounds like you're not rolling dice at all. You've made your decision. I think you just made a decision. Okay. <laughs> so I'm putting back the momentum. We're back at four. Ensign, take us into docking two. Aye, sir. She pulls in- into the shuttle bay. I will suit up in whichever gear. I cannot duplicate with my metamorphic and I will spend the momentum in order to shift into a species and adopt that trait, whether it's radiation resistance or poison resistance, whichever one would protect me. So if you would like to delete one of the uh, momentum for that effect. You would definitely need to replicate the, or go into a form that can that can you need a suit that's going to block the gases you would be in a form that can handle the radiation that particular form is more is klingon because they have redundant systems basically they're going to tolerate the radiation a little better survive the effects of that and then come out on the other end and be okay they basically have a longer time where they can be active in in that environment so that that would be how that would work the one thing that would have to be set up is they'd have to set up an airlock for that section, which is easy enough to do. Basically, they clear a hall, they seal off all other entrances to the hall. You would walk into the hall, then they'd seal that entrance, and then they'd open up the other one. But that hall would then, at that point, become a space that most folks can't go into. I want to use the opportunity system. Yep. So essentially, what I'm going to do is, by spending one momentum for one opportunity, I'm going to, with the replicator, I'm going to spend the time, which is the momentum, to replicate the portable airlock. You put four corners and it creates a force field that you yep. can walk through and stuff. Okay. So we'll get the cases that like replicate out the portable airlock cases. And then, so we'll spend the one opportunity for that. And then with the equipment that your engineer brought, they had enough stuff to put that together. The engineer talked you all through the process of getting that set up, so you're able to set up an airlock that will work for that purpose. Now, your team, your two folks, they're in a secure area. They're just within this general area, so they're not currently being impacted, but there are civilians that are currently in harm's way. Okay. And then we, because of the protocols, everyone has type 2 phases at their hip, and yep. let's go, people. And keep the engine running and hold the ship in case we need it. I Captain. Dan, you are changed. You are suited up. And you walk through the shields. Okay. He walks through the shields. You have an indicator on a pad that's on your forearm grieve or whatever. And it gives you the green light to open the next bulkhead. 
Okay. Following instructions and checking corners. You're moving towards where the civilian workers are. They're in personal quarters, but it's easy enough to find them. There's basically several rack rooms where there's four people per. So while this is happening, I'm assuming that back on the ship that they are trying to work on that next step or setting up some sort of a quarantined area that they can be kept in safely once they're extracted and so they can recover. I would imagine we'd clear a mess hall or some kind of meeting gathering space on the comms array to get all the affected crew. Do we know how many are affected? There's only about four folks that are down there that are in harm's way. There are only about 12 people on this rig anyway. Where these civilians are, is that also where our officers are? Nope. Your, the Starfleet officers are near the core itself. You don't know why they were there, but they are somewhere near the core itself. These civilians are in crew quarters or staff quarters on a different level. Understood. So I'll pursue and I'll continue in down the hallway to the next bulkhead. Okay. So you get all four crewmen or staff out to the airlock area where you had. You've got four people out. You're at the next bulkhead. You're about to go down. The turbo lift in this area is working, so you should be able to get to the core level by using the turbo lift. Next time on Star Trek Preservations. Chief, does this happen often on your station? Never in my 15 years. Just a special Federation welcome present. I'm standing right over the commander's shoulder. Never in 15 years has anything like this ever happened. We've operated this station, even at wartime, successfully and without problems. And you've got yourself a saboteur aboard your station. You don't just accidentally mix nesestine gas in with radiation warp containment coolant. So do you want to tell the prefect or should I? It'll be in my report. What is he hiding? That's not the answer of someone who is surprised that this happened. What is hiding? That's a great question. How would you determine that?